Hey, Forge fans, Anthony Ercioli here as part of the Forge Audio Network. It seems like it's if it seems like it's been a while since Forge has played a match, it's because it kind of has. Uh, April 23rd was the last time, so let me just give you a refresher. Uh, Forge at home against FC Edmonton. 3-0 the final. A dominating, dominating performance from Forge. Uh, let's just run through the stat line again. It's exactly what the club needed after a slow start to the campaign. Uh, 10 shot attempts, 6 of them on target for Forge. Edmonton, 0 in both categories uh, possession almost 69% in favor of forge uh, corners almost a 7 to 1 ratio on corners for the match uh, in favor of forge um all forge all the time in that home match against edmonton a team who by the way can be difficult to score goals against we've seen it they've picked up points this season and it's been because they are so difficult to break down and get high quality chances against and that's how it was started to look that afternoon at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton when Forge played uh, played Edmonton. Taryn Campbell getting a penalty kick in the 34th minute was the just game changer. It completely changed the game after that. Things opened up. Forge found some space. So that goal in the 34th minute came from Campbell. Taryn Campbell then setting up Tristan Borges for Forge's second goal of the match in the 45th minute. And then after half in the 69th minute, Taryn Campbell putting the exclamation Point on the match uh, with his brace and Forge winning 3-0. Next up uh, was supposed to be Valor. That game canceled last weekend for COVID reasons. And so an impromptu bye week for Forge. How does that change preparations going into this week against York United, which is Friday. It's an away match for Forge. Um, you prepare for one team which was Valor, and now you have to hit the reset button and prepare for a, a new team. Uh, that's one of the many things I spoke to head coach and technical director of your Forge FC, Bobby Smirniotis. Yeah, I think, to be honest, we're looking forward to going and playing uh, the game at Valor in Winnipeg. We had a great training week last week and thought, you know, everything was uh, was ready, had a good game plan, but there's certain things, obviously, we cannot control. Uh, so, yeah, I just hit the reset button. We played an inter-squad uh, amongst ourselves uh, and now we're just getting set for York you know and they're the challenging an opponent down the road we always know they're very good games so we're looking forward to it yeah York kind of represents the, the, the parity of the team that the league has found um, you know there was concern you know Forge is dominating too much or maybe Calvary and it, it hasn't taken long to see that week after week anyone can beat anybody um, you know York has had an impressive win over Calvary themselves have you seen the parity really kind of show through now in this league? Yeah, I think the one thing that we've seen and I've talked about from the beginning is uh, that we'll see results like we've seen over these first few weeks. I think it's a, it's a normal thing. You know, a lot of teams have had some changeover, teams coming in with the same identities, uh, different things. So I think it's been common if you look over the last few years of, uh, of the league that we see uh, the results going different ways in, uh, you know, what I'd call the first uh, eight games of the season. And I think that, you know, that trend will probably continue. You know, for us, we want to make sure our trend uh, continues with uh, three points and we keep on moving up the ladder. Uh, is, are there specific reasons that the parity's really kind of shown through? Is it just that the teams know each other well? Yeah, I think, to, to be honest, I think it's uh, either teams knowing each other well or teams getting to know themselves well. You know, one thing we see is uh, there's a lot of changeover in rosters um, from year to year. We've been able to keep a consistent uh, team, but we've had quite a bit of uh, changeover as well this year. So I think, you know, it, it takes some time. It doesn't matter how you go about your preseason uh, and 
what your friendly matches are. It's this first part of the year when you have that working on the tactics and integrating everyone. I think it's normal to see uh, what we've seen over these first few weeks. Is the club getting healthier at this stage? Yeah, you know, everyone is uh, is looking good. You know, we're 90% uh, uh, of the way there, which is uh, which is very good at this point of the year. And that's another thing we've seen across the league. There's been different injuries amongst players and so on. It could be, you know, a longer period of time off in the, in the off season. For us, a very short off season. Um, so different factors always play into that. But, uh, you know, the team is looking good. The team is healthy. And we're just looking forward to Friday night. All right. I mentioned uh, and I brought up parody to Coach Bobby. Um, let, let's stick with that for a moment. And let's bring in Oliver Platt, our CPL analyst. He works for One Soccer. And he joins the Forge Audio Network now. I was thinking about this the other day with, with, with this league. You know, you look at you look at Forge and the championships, you know, the, the first and the second and then the finals appearance, the third year. And and I think from the outside looking in, it would look like there's a lack of parity in the league. But when you really break the league down week to week, I mean, even the biggest upsets don't seem all that surprising. I mean, especially early in the season, this is a league where it really feels like anyone can beat anyone on a given week. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely early in the season, you know, you still see teams maybe figuring it out a little bit and that does create a certain amount of parity in, in itself. But I think even beyond that, just, you know, teams have improved this year. Um, you know, I think you see teams that maybe weren't particularly relevant, particularly in the first two years, um, you know, whether it was Atletico Otto obviously not existing and then being an expansion team at very short notice. Now they look very competitive or you know, Valor struggled at times during the first couple of years, but I think they're a really competitive team now. Edmonton has surprised a lot of people with with the restrictions they had, um, the way that they've been able to compete so far. So I, I definitely think it's it, it's a league that's improved a lot. And, you know, I think we talked about this last time as well, just about the having a normal season being kind of not completely out of COVID, but in a, a more normal reality in the way that's allowed teams to, to build their roster in, in a more straightforward way, I think has helped as well. So... Yeah, definitely the most parity we've seen in the in the league, I think, although Forge have, have certainly had to work hard for their previous championships, that being said. Yeah, yeah and it, I think this was, you know, this was this is always a concern when you start a league from scratch, which is, you know, essentially what the Canadian Premier League is. And, um, you know, I talked to Andy Petrello last week and we had a conversation about in the early days, that was one of the concerns about the league is can the league, um, can it be a strong league if there isn't, enough parity at least you know after the first okay maybe year one year two but then the parity really needs to start it needs to look like a competitive league you know essentially mm-hmm. and it feels like it hasn't taken the long it feels like we kind of hit on something you know uh, york united who, who forge is playing this weekend is an example where there are times when they've struggled this season and then they have that really impressive two nothing win over calvary so uh, the parity seems to have hit maybe sooner than people expected yeah, I think so. I, I think probably, you know, the biggest question you have when, you, when you're starting a league is, do we have enough players, right? Do we have players of the required quality? And that, for me, has been the biggest success of this league, period, is that um, not only do we have the depth of quality in terms of Canadian players that are showing that they can be professionals, but most of the stars of this league, of course, there's been some great international players, but most of the best players in this league have been young Canadian players. And, and I think that's been you know, a, a massive success for this league. Um, and, and hopefully something that bodes well going forwards as, as the league continues to expand and obviously the, the talent maybe gets diluted a lot, uh, among more clubs. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I think in in any league, you, you, you're kind of 
thinking about the domestic talent. Is there going to be enough? Is this quality of play going to be good enough to, to really interest people and engage people? And I think that's been right at the bottom of the list of, of you know, problems for the CPL and, and things that need to improve um, in the early years. The, the players have done fantastically well and, and it's clear there's talent all over the league. Yeah, the only, I guess if there's one, if we're nitpicking here, I think maybe people thought York and Forge would maybe be a big, bigger rivalry than it, than it yeah. has been. Um, you know, geographically, it's still there. But competitively, I don't know that it's quite... Um, earned or at least hit the expectations that, that some people had in the early going. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think with York, it's, it's still, it's been on and off the pitch. They, they've been trying to figure out their identity. And I think it's taken a little bit longer than with Forge where, you know, Bobby Smoniotis and Costa Smoniotis as well were, were very, very clear about what they wanted to be about, right? You know, they have a background of developing talent, you know, to a level that compares to anyone in this country with, with obviously their history with Sigma. But then they also made it clear, and I think the club made it clear from Bob Young on down, that they wanted to win championships and compete as well and not just be a place where young players get a chance, but you don't really win many games. Um, so they've combined those two things very well, and I think that's something that, that York is still figuring out a bit. Um, clearly, there's still there's a desire there to develop young players and to potentially see players go on to bigger leagues, but balancing that with also being one of the top teams in the league and competing for championships, that's that's a really difficult thing to do and it's taking some time there. I, I think they're on the right track. I think this is, you know, I look at this roster this year and I think it's the best they've had. And, you know, they've got a fresh voice in there and Martin Nash as well. So I, I think, you know, things are looking good for them, but but you're certainly right that Forge have maybe just found the ingredients of, of again, combining development with winning um, a, a bit quicker than you could have been able to. Yeah, maybe talk about the, the combining development with, with, with winning. So, you know, the development... Of course, Bobby, you know, Coach Bobby Smirniotis, uh, Forge head coach, technical director, he has that Sigma kind of feeder system there that helps. And, you know, these players have played together for a long time. They're all familiar with each other. It wasn't really a team from scratch. You know, a lot of these players no. had experience playing uh, with each other, with these coaches. So, I mean, are there, is that something that's growing in the league? You know, we, Calvary has kind of their system in place. Are, are teams just trying to kind of figure out how they can facilitate that developmental side of, of their program? I think so, yeah. I, I think it differs all around the league, right? Just in terms of where you are in the country and what's realistic for you. Um, it's going to be difficult, you know, much more difficult for a club like Halifax or a club like Valor to really rely on a local pool of players in the same way that teams in the GTA can or Pacific being near Vancouver can when, when there's such a much bigger body um, of, of young players to draw upon, right? So you have to do... You have to be creative and, and you have to think about it depending on on your situation. So with, with Halifax, you see they've they've dipped quite a lot into Quebec and the PLSQ and players coming out of that region because obviously it's in, in close proximity to them. They've looked at youth sports players, college players quite a lot and tried to find different ways of, of doing it because they don't have, you know, compared to Forge and York, that, that massive pool of players that's there in, in Toronto and the surrounding areas to, to draw upon. So... Um, I think it differs all across the country. I don't think there's one model that's going to work for everyone in terms of how you develop young talent and bring it into into the first team. But there's a few different avenues you can go down. And I, I definitely think clubs are starting to figure out, you know, what's going to work for them and, and be the best pathway for them. Yeah, you know, I wonder, has Canada found, you know, certain nations kind of have a trademark style of the game? You know, you know, Italy was always known for that kind of structured defensive style. You know, Spain, uh, more of that attacking style. 
Has Canada found that identity or are they still, are we still kind of figuring out, you know, what, what is Canada's game? What is Canadian soccer? Um, I, I think to an extent, I, I would say, I think like in, in 2022, I think it's probably less relevant than it used to be. Um, you, you know, when, when you watch Italy, Germany, Spain, Netherlands nowadays, you, you might not see a whole lot of difference between all four of them. Certainly not as much as we've seen in the past where, you, like you said, there's been kind of more clearly defined styles. And that's just that's just the result of the way soccer is now, right? You know, coaches go to different countries, players go to different countries, and there's a much more of a mix. Um, that being said, I, I think you can definitely see that, you know, pure athleticism and, and speed is definitely, a, when, when you look at the men's national team, is, is a big part of it. Um, we have players and the, the story of how Canada was able to go to the World Cup really was was about a, a team that could turn defense into attack in, in the blink of an eye, right? And, and, and so in some of their most vulnerable moments, produce, you know, be at their most dangerous as we, the, the Davies goal against Panama is a classic example of that, where they're on the back foot, they're in their own half, and suddenly they've scored. And so I, I think that's probably at the very top level of the men's national team, um, being, being where it's gone. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of coaches in the CPL as well who, who want to play really good technical soccer, uh, want to maybe slow the game down a little bit more at times. And, you know, control the ball, control the fields. You see that with Forge. Um, you've started to see it more with Pacific over the past couple of years. You know, Cavalry always a front foot team. So I, I, I have thought, you know, over the first three seasons that the league has been better coached, I think, on, on that level, on a kind of a technical and tactical level than you would probably expect um, a league this young to be. Yeah, and we know how, especially from coaches, you know, a lot of these leagues, it can be a copycat thing with one thing works for one club and it, it kind right, of spreads. Yeah. Has that happened in the CPL? You know, uh, Forge, for example, have you seen maybe other teams pick up on some of those things that uh, Bobby's been doing and, and incorporate into their game? Um, a little bit, yeah. I, I think I, I think to a certain extent, you, you've seen certainly teams have, have tried to be good with the ball and, and try to control games where they can. But I, I do think there's differences in it as well. Um you know, Pacific, I think, is is a very different team in, in a lot of ways to forge, even though the end result of, you know, trying to score goals, trying to be creative is is the same. Um, Pacific's a bit more direct, fast-paced. You know, they'll try and press you really high. Forge, I think, is a bit more methodical and, you know, they want to get into their shape and build in, in that kind of way, um, in a more patient way. Um, I, I think Cavalry have probably moved a bit more towards Forge and maybe that's a, you know, kind of inevitable consequence of, the playoff results that they feel they need to be a bit more in that style rather than kind of the high octane, high pace style uh, they were in the first season. They've become a bit more controlled and a bit more methodical. So you can definitely see elements of it. But I, I do think that whether you, when you're talking about who have been the top teams in the league, you can see some pretty clear distinctions between Forge, Cavalry and Pacific at the same time. Yeah, and you coach, coach Bobby talks a lot about the, the first eight games of a season where teams are still trying to maybe figure things out. You know, they don't have yeah. quite the training camp as other clubs do. So things are a little more rushed and you're kind of figuring things out. You know, the first few games are almost like, I don't want to call them preseason games because they, they do matter. Mm. But you, you know what I'm saying? So what have you, you know, we're not even halfway through that kind of eight match mark, um, at least for, on for Forge. What have, you, what have you seen in these first few games with Forge and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to find in this season? Um, I, I think it's broadly similar to last season in terms of the way they're playing and um, 
you know, the the way they, they try and control games and, and dominate the opponent with the ball. Um, I, I think probably the thing that stood out to me the most so far this season for Forge is, is Taron Campbell. I think he's added a really different element um, to what they can do just because he's so versatile. You can play him as a center forward. You can play him as a winger. You can play him in a front two or as a single striker. He can basically do whatever job you, you need to you need him to do in, in the front uh, the front line. Um and I think he's been really impressive. And he's been one who's just fit into the way Forge play, again, with that versatility, with the, the ability to take up really good positions and be really smart when he doesn't have the ball. Um, that has he, He's fit Forge like a glove, right? And I, I, you know, I think everyone thought that Taron Campbell would be a success at Forge with, with how good a player he's been in this league. But I think he's probably even exceeded um, just how well and how quickly he, he's fit into that team. So that's probably the one player that I think has been not that you know the other new signings haven't done well. I, I think there's been some good performances from a lot of them, but he's the one who's really caught my eye as someone who could, you know, push the team onto another level. I think this year. Yeah, what is it about Campbell that's different than say you know Welshman who's with the club this year, or even you know Mo Babuli who's no longer with the club? What's what's different about Campbell, and, and how does he fit in so well with what Forge is trying to do? I think it's, 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 again, it's what he does when he doesn't have the ball. Um, like it's, you know, there's a lot of attacking players who obviously catch your eye when they have the ball because they're really creative or they're dangerous in the box. And, and I think Campbell is both of those things. Um, but more so than a lot of other players, he's he's really intelligent in his movement. And like the, the, the Cavalry game was, was a great example of where Bobby, I think, spotted something in how he could exploit Cavalry's back line, maybe the back three. Um, and the way Campbell, you know, if, if you watch the first 25 minutes or so of that game, Campbell was just constantly dragging Dan Klomp out of position. And, and it was a real problem for, for Cavalry. They had to make some tactical changes, at, which they did to, to, to give them credit and got them back into their game. Um, but the, the way Campbell was just able to move and, and take up really smart positions and, you know, help other players with his movement by creating space for others. Um, he, he did. He's done that all season, I think, at a really high level, and, and that's something that is going to make everyone around him better. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, I just think he's he's really fit the way Bobby likes to play. Yes, and and you predicted. I can't remember the exact word you used in your tweet, but after the signings of uh, Hoja Brapor and Campbell, <laughs> there was a there was a word. I can't remember it now, but it, it, it was a big deal. Essentially, is what yes, you were trying yeah. to say. And, and already the, the Campbell signing is making uh, making a huge difference. So, uh, Oliver, as always, thanks so much for doing this. And we look forward to, to chatting again. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. All right. Always enjoy talking soccer with Oliver. And I always enjoy when you join us. So thank you for that. And keep it locked. We have a full preview coming up shortly with Forge taking on York, and the full breakdown is coming up. So stay tuned wherever you get your Forge content, whether it be through podcasts, through YouTube, through the Forge website, through social media, so many different avenues for you to get it. Keep it locked because there's a lot more coming on the Forge Audio Network. We are Forge!